1: Inspirational women are increasingly popular in the news and media, but many go unheard and their stories are never told. Women to Watch with Susan Rocco captures the stories of many women who truly make a difference. Women to Watch is the vehicle for developing new leaders, encouraging younger generations, and in building self-esteem for future entrepreneurs. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another week of Women to Watch here on WWDB. Talk 860. My name is Sue Rocco, and I'm thrilled to be in uh, the studio every week sitting down with some very um, wonderful and amazing women from the Philadelphia area and across the country as well. And today I'm being joined by uh, a woman who's who's calling us from South Carolina. Her name is Sherrod Hartness, and Sherrod is the founder and owner of Sherrod Hartness Interiors uh, in South Carolina. Welcome to the show, Sherrod thank you thanks for having me thank you for for being here with us um your story is certainly one that um is is going to be a true inspiration to the listeners uh and i um i'd like to start out by asking you to talk a little bit about your uh younger years growing up in south carolina and your family for a bit okay i am the middle
2: of three children. I grew up in the capital city called Columbia, South Carolina. I live north of there in Greenville now. And I had an older brother, Bowman. We called him Bo. He was about a year and a half older. And then I had a younger sister named Carlotta who was about five and a half years younger. And we lived in a very beautiful house on a small lake and the house, it's funny that my career is in interior design. Houses have been a big thing in my life. My house was designed after Woodlawn Plantation in Virginia, um, which was on property that George Washington gave to his, I think, step-granddaughter or daughter. Mm -hmm. And my parents were in the antique business and it was a very formal, as you might imagine, from being modeled after one of those older homes, mm-hmm. a very formal household, a very rigid household. And at times it was suffocating. <laughs> um, anyway, so it it was kind of a difficult place. It was not a warm place we always preferred to play at other people's houses but people liked to come to our house because they wanted to see it and we there were some fun things um the thing that kind of got me through those years is I was able to take horseback riding lessons and it is still one of the absolute joys of my life is to ride horses i don't get to do it very much right now but that's going to change and then things really really changed um on october 29th in 1977 my little sister carlotta had gone to camden south carolina which is a beautiful little historic town about 30 miles 30 minutes away from columbia with her new and first boyfriend, Tommy, and he was, I think he was 17. She was just past her 14th birthday, and he was working on a history paper or project for the little private school that they attended. When they came back to Columbia, they stopped at a baseball field, um, no, I don't know, four miles or so from the neighborhood where we lived. And some men who were from Fort Jackson, the Army base in Columbia, drove by, and then they realized nobody was around, and they came back, and they shot Tommy in front of Carlotta, and then they took her, out in the woods and raped her and murdered her. So as you can imagine, our lives changed unbelievably that day.
1: Yeah. You know, Sherrod, I, I of course, knew this story before um, you came on the show today, and I want the listeners to understand um, that the reason you decided to do this and to talk about it is really to offer up some incredible lessons um, from the resilience that you have and how you've managed to get through something that was so horrific. Um, And, and, you know, we're talking about a time now back in 1977, and one of the things that is so important to you and that you shared with me was how the community responded uh, towards you and your family after this incident, uh, which was so devastating. Um, Talk about that for a few minutes, um, what it was that was really um, had an extreme effect on you as far as how the lack of support, I should say. Uh, Right. The lack of support from the community. Okay. Well,
2: initially, because Carlotta was not, her body was not found immediately. I don't, I mean, I think it was found within a week. I don't remember some of those details so of course initially there was you know the house was full of people and you know I think there were 500 to 800 people in the community and around the state that came and were searching for her I know people were using private planes to try and find her, people were on horseback looking um, you know and there was an investigation and all of that but of course after it was like a no man's land, it was a wasteland and I ended up actually being pretty much totally shunned by you know, it any of my peers and it was devastating I mean at a time when you just need somebody to help you get your spine up straight there was nobody and there was no victims assistance program in those days Um, my parents are extremely private people and In a household that was already not very um, affirming and warm, it it just you know became 59 times worse. And my parents certainly did not seek out any kind of professional help. Um, you know, that kind of thing was looked down on. People, people that need psychiatrists and stuff like that are something's wrong with those people. Mm -hmm. And very much that old, non thinking kind of a mindset. Um, so I slept. I went back to college. I was sent back to college a few days after. funeral and um, I slept I slept 16 to 17 hours a day and just getting up and getting dressed brushing your teeth running a brush you know through your hair it that was a day's work I had just started my sophomore year of college I think I got credit for two classes the entire year, Um, and, you know, I do remember the dorm I lived in. They gave me a a pot of mums, but I certainly understand that people were terrified of what had happened and that, you know, how many people have a friend that have a family member that was murdered, and especially in um such a horrific way. So I understand all that. Um, one of the things that is hugely important in my story is as a freshman in college the year before, I went to a wonderful small private women's college called Converse College, and a gal on my hall I was walking in from class one afternoon, and she said, Sherrod, Up With People is going to be performing here tonight, and I'm going to go try out. You would be perfect. You should go, too. I had seen Up With People as a little girl. My One of my godmothers had taken me. I think I was in first or second grade and was mesmerized. I think it was the first time I'd really been around seeing sort of cool teenagers, and I just remember thinking, I want to be just like that when I grow up, and I'd never heard of him again, so I went with this friend, and we both did the interview process and everything. I was accepted, and she was not and when I got my letter i had she had already gotten her her letter when I got mine about a week later i I had to go tell her. And that young woman said to me, if I couldn't do it, you will be the perfect one. See, that happened before Carlotta was murdered. There were five cast that traveled the world at that time. There were so many people that applied. It was a year and a half before my time would come up because it was a year-long program. So it's one of those things in my life where I look back and I go, okay, God, I get it. I went to Up With People. Carlotta died in October. I think I went in July to start my training. So what's that, maybe nine or ten months later, I had to get up. I had to get dressed, and I had to be somewhere. If I hadn't been in so much trauma, I would have entered into the performances much more. You know, I'm, it it would have been a very different experience. Um, it was hard in a lot of ways, and I was on autopilot through a lot of it. But I really think it's it in a way it saved my life.
1: Yeah, it gave you some purpose. Um, I, yeah. I think it's a, a, you were nineteen. You were only nineteen at the time, and I, when I'm listening mm-hmm. to you and I'm I'm feeling how alone you must have been, um, mm-hmm. and and the reason people didn't reach out was they didn't know what to say. They didn't know what to right. do. Um, right. I, I you you mentioned you have two boys, two sons, and one of the yeah, one of the lessons that you have instilled in them is this importance of uh being courageous enough to ask someone who is uh suffering with some type of tragedy to not be afraid to reach out and whether they're mm-hmm. prepared to speak about it or not, um just asking that question has a huge effect on on the person. Huge.
2: Just, Just huge. Yeah, I've always told my boys, I've said, you know, think about the comfort you get from a dog or a cat. They just want to be near you. They want to be at your feet or in your lap. And just their presence is such a tremendous comfort. That is how I feel that we interact with other human beings is just by being in the same room. It's a tremendous comfort. And, yeah, I'll tell you one of the most beautiful experiences I've had actually happened about three or four years ago. I was in Columbia, and I was at a party that... um, A woman who was very, very close to me had given, she had lost a son in a skiing accident and then her younger son is my same age. She and her husband did a wonderful thing. They had a party for their two sons' friends, which I just thought, now that is a beautiful way to handle a party situation in life that you wish somebody didn't have all that to say you know I knew a few people I haven't lived in Columbia in a long time but there were a lot of people that I didn't know and I met a young younger couple and then I went another room talked to somebody else and I was walking back through the living room and this young doctor stopped me and he said, Sherrod, my name is, I think his name was Scott Boyd. And he said, I don't know if I should tell you this or not. He said, but your sister was always so sweet to my sister. And we, were all, we all went to school together. And I just looked at him and I said, you have gifted me so greatly. Thank you. I love to hear stories of my siblings because there's so much more than the way somebody dies. When when their deaths are very horrific, like Carlotta's was, it is so easy to get overwhelmed and trapped in the details of the brutality. And I have to consciously flip that and go but that was just the part of how she died but this other part these stories, the time she snuck out and took took my parents' car to her friend Muffy's house and um, <laughs> you know and, and didn't get caught those kind of stories are just like that is so awesome to hear and young doctor said to me he said i didn't know if i should say anything or not and i just looked at him i said thank you for risking it
1: yeah yeah you know what can you um and you're so right Sherrod, you know carlotta had 14 years of Mm -hmm. of life memories and what happened mm-hmm. to her was just the end. Can you talk a few minutes about her and and the type of young girl that she was? I can. It's funny. I don't, there are a lot of
2: gaps in my memory, and I actually um, Scott Boyd that approached me at the party, I told him, I said, I don't remember a lot. And I said, I mean, they're just, they're kind of black holes, so to speak, and, I, and this, this man is a neurosurgeon, and <clears throat> I said, I guess that's the way your brain kind of protects you, and he said, that's exactly what it is. Carlotta, um, <clears throat> she rode horses. She swam. She was, you know, the adorable little towhead baby, so she kind of didn't have it quite as hard as Bo and I did. One of the most astonishing things I think about when I think of Carlotta's life is she had a best friend who now is one of my dear friends, Muffy Mitchell. Those two had an unbelievable bond. I mean, just unbelievable and when I look back at Carlotta's life and now that Muffy is my dear dear friend I just think and I've told Muffy this I said you know she had the kind of friendship that we all hope to have in life but she got it younger than the rest of us do so I'm so thrilled for that. Yeah. And um, anyway, we 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 didn't get to play inside a lot, so we were outside a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and even to this day, nature, just being in nature, is incredibly restorative. And I, that would be something I would tell people if they're going through really hard times: please go outside. You know, try to go to a park, try to sit by a river, try to go on a walk or a hike just to see things that are still functioning as they should Mm -hmm. in the world and the rhythm
1: of it. It's relaxing, right? It's relaxing, and I I know we'll talk about uh, this a little bit later, but I I see that you bring a lot of that into the work that you do um, in your design. Um, yeah, we're gonna take right. we're gonna take a quick break, Sherrod, and we'll be we'll be back in a moment. Sure. Hello? Hi Kelly, it's Sue. Are you and Joe going to the kids' game after school today? No, we are stuck in traffic again on our
3: way to the hospital for Joe's IVIG infusion. As usual, we will be at the hospital all day and won't be home in time. This is really becoming a problem with our work and family
1: commitments. Hey, my friend's son receives his infusions at home with Walgreens. You know, they are not just a retail pharmacy. Walgreens has a national home infusion program. He used to miss school, but now the Walgreens nurses see him at home after school. Wow. Infusions in the comfort of our own home? Yes. Walgreens expert infusion nurses and pharmacists are available 24-7 to provide safe, one-on-one clinical support around your schedule. Talk to your doctor and call Walgreens Infusion Services at 877-974-4844 or go to womentowatch.net for complete details. We will, if we ever get
3: out of this traffic, hardy-har-har. We can't wait to have these infusions at home with Walgreens.
4: Thanks. Be well. Have you ever wondered about the magic of Paris? Traveled there before? You haven't experienced Paris until you've traveled with us. I'm Chloe Johnson, the owner of CJ Tours. I became hooked on the mystique of all things Parisian after just one visit to the city of light. CJ Tours, a travel, fashion, and product company, provides an experience unlike any other when it comes to exploring the hidden gems of Paris. We connect you with boutiques off the beaten path. We provide the opportunity to go behind the scenes with some of the most celebrated designers Paris has to offer. You can even purchase one-of-a-kind French pieces as mementos of your trip. Or ask us to source that special piece just for you. CJ Tours and our unique products are designed to provide that Parisian je ne sais quoi and allow you to experience Paris like never before. To learn more, contact me at Chloe Johnston at cjshoppingtours.com or simply visit chloejomston.com for more information.
5: Are you looking for assistance with your IT demands? Would you like to know that the people you hire have your best interest at heart? InSource is one of the region's most distinguished and fastest-growing technology firms in the Philadelphia area. Their only concern is to deliver your business long-term success to avoid reacting to daily crisis. Recognized as a top employer of IT consultants, they thrive on helping their clients exceed expectations. InSource delivers reliable and effective solutions to the technology needs of both small and large businesses as well as nonprofits and does so with the goals of your business in mind. With over a decade of recognized success, InSource provides its clients with both IT staffing needs as well as putting highly qualified project teams together. InSource is also a partner of ServiceNow, the fastest growing software company in the country. Contact InSource today at 610-592-0800 or visit their Website at insourcenow.com to find the quality help you need.
6: When you are shopping, do you chuckle at the one size fits all tags? Well, wealth management should not take a one size fits all approach either. Companies offer different products and services for women, and they should. All women are different. Your plan should be as unique and personal as you are. So, why are you still following your one size fits all financial advisor? Financial advisor Liz Barker of RBC Wealth Management understands this. Her area of expertise is women in transition and being retirement ready. Call Liz Barker, financial advisor at RBC Wealth Management at 484-530-2806. Again, that number is 484 530 530 or visit her online at www.lizbarker.com to schedule your complimentary custom wealth management plan today. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. Welcome
1: back, everyone, to Women to Watch here on WWDB Talk 860. Uh, I'm in uh, the studio today and I'm speaking with Sherrod Hartness. And Sherrod is calling us from South Carolina. And she is the founder and owner of Sherrod Hartness Interiors. But she's also um, first talking about uh, a de- devastating experience that she had in her life uh, with the murder of her sister. Back in 1977, and and how that event um, shaped her, and and some of the lessons that she's learned. And, and Sherrod, I just want to say thank you again for for coming on the show. I think it's it's such an incredible story, um, specifically because of your outlook um, in life having gone through something so tragic. Um, one of the things I think is important to talk about is. Um, you know, th- this lack of support that was there for you at the age of 19. Um, and I wonder if you can speak uh, just for a few minutes about your mom and dad and this kind of um, lack of openness that they had with you uh, prior to the event, of course, but then even after. Why do you think, wh- where did that come from, would you say, in them, this inability to, to talk?
2: Yeah, I have certainly thought about that 500 million times over the years and I you know I have a very deep and profound love for my parents I always have but I've also had tremendous fear of them um my mother died about a year and a half ago and but my dad is still living and he's 95 and um it's really been my beau and I my brother lost our parents that day too. And my brother actually ended up dying of of AIDS, but he he truly died of a broken heart because our family was just so fragmented after that. My mother um father died when she was 2. Henry Sherrod from Philadelphia area and her mother died when she was seven and I, she was sent to live with a aunt and uncle in Maryland who already had three children and she wouldn't talk about it a whole, whole lot, but she said enough for us to know that she always felt like an outsider. And that family, we visited there a few times and it was not a warm family <laughs> at all. So I think the, the backgrounds of my mom and dad, the time period, and the probably fear to go against social norms, you know, my father was very, you don't air your dirty laundry and people that talk about their problems are, you know, kind of not well thought of. And mm-hmm. I I have a very different point of view on that. I think that um, it would be sort of like a scientist that finds a cure for something. Well, if you only keep that for yourself, you're not going to benefit the other members of our human family. Well, talking about pain, talking about hard things, um, does it benefit other people? I hope so, and I do believe so.
1: I think you're so right. I, I think I, you're absolutely right. I think, you know, it's, it's, even, it's, it's very brave and courageous to to talk about things that are so difficult. And yeah. what you know, people that are listening, that they will connect with that in some way. Um and, and start okay. to look at things differently. Um, I know that you have um been, you know, going through therapy um finally right. for, you know, <laughs> trying to work through all these feelings. When did you when right. did that begin, Sherrod? <clears throat> Actually
2: <clears throat> it um
1: only about 10
2: years ago mm-hmm. which I just would like to get on the rooftops and shout out to the world if you grew up in one of those families where you think that's not for you or you think that's for other people you're wrong! Please get in there as fast as you can <laughs> I I have um, I, I was married for 23 years and I yes. kind of grew up in a situation where people didn't get divorced. I've, I knew one person growing up who was divorced. I didn't know you could get a divorce. Um, but some things happened, and I remember hearing a woman's name from two different friends, and her name is Marla Libby, and she's a counselor here in town, and I finally got an appointment with her I was scared for her to call my house and I would leave her a message and say you can only call me between this time and this time and anyway I finally went over there and sat down and she asked some questions and her eyes would get huge and when I got up to leave, I said, do you think it would help me to come back? And she said, I think so. And I was going, okay, cause of course I was clueless of what the process is or, well, how could you help me? And, you know, whatever. When I, I remember this all of my days as I put my hand on the doorknob of her office to walk out, she put her hand on my wrist, and she looked at me, and she said, "Sherrod, you are not crazy, and this is not a normal way to be treated."
1: Mm. Well that—that that was
2: that woman has. I would go in there with legal pads full of questions <laughs> because I, if I could understand what happened, and of course my um, my vulnerability, my kind of lack of understanding of how the world worked, because at 19, when you're really branching out into relationships and all of that, my world imploded. So I didn't get a lot of those experiences where you learn what's acceptable and what's not and You certainly didn't stand up for yourself and my family. And um, I'll just tell you, every person that breathes air is entitled to stand up for themselves. It's hard. I'm still learning it. But you are here, and we are all members of the human family, and you're worthy,
1: you know? Yeah. You know, uh, Sherrod, I think uh, you're referring – a a bit to your to your marriage and what you've learned um, from Marla is that uh, women often who uh, suffer something traumatic end up um, perhaps becoming victims to um, a a controlling or abusive relationships. That's exactly right. And And that was one of the things that I've learned. Um,
2: Women who have gone through a traumatic experience, the number one reason that they get involved in these kinds of relationships is they are so incredibly vulnerable and i and i' I've also thought over the years, oh, this is how people get involved in a cult you know you're you're so hungry for somebody to throw you the inner tube when you're about to go under mm-hmm. that that it it just feels so good and you're like oh somebody knows that I'm here and so you know that was a huge thing and I, I, I you know I have these two beautiful sons and I will tell you those guys are I just look at them and I go wow and I think we all just maybe need to just sit quietly and just kind of think of these people that we bring into the world. And um, my boys have been so great to me and they have a great relationship with their dad. So I try to be extremely careful about what I say about that. But you asked me earlier about what might have happened in my parents' background that would make them, you know, be the way they were with us. And I certainly had a lot of years to observe things in my ex-husband's family. And I get now where it came from. I, but, of course, I couldn't understand it at that time. But I will just say this. um on the two years in a row, two of the men one one man each year, two of the three men that killed Carlotta were executed, which is a whole nother thing, and totally unbelievably traumatic and scary I was le- I was married I was left at home alone both of those years. And I looked back, I mean, I was terrified. And finally, I got up the gumption, I think, the second year to say, you know, why didn't you help me or whatever? And the answer was, well, things like that make people uncomfortable.
1: That was your your uh, husband said that,
2: right? Right. Yeah, yeah. And and he actually went to counseling with me a couple, a few times, and we went over that in counseling, and I remember Marla getting on the edge of her seat and leaning forward and just looking at him dead on, and she said, yes, things like that make people uncomfortable, but this is your wife. Right. And his response was, well, I know I should have
1: done better. So... You know, it's interesting to me, um, Sherrod, that I think sometimes, you know, young people aren't taught how to be supportive, uh, you know, of other people that are going through situations. It, right. Yeah, it is. It's it's a difficult thing. And, but it's so important to acknowledge... Um, and validate the feelings of the person that's going through it. Um, right. And I've told my son, I said, you
2: know, nobody has the right words. Right. But you can always just say, I have no idea what to say or do, but I'd just like to be with you.
1: That's right. That's right. That's. I think that's often the best thing. I really don't know what to say, mm-hmm. but, but I'm here for you, you know, should right. you want to talk or need me. Uh, what yeah, did, Sherrod. One something I'm very curious about is, especially mm-hmm. all the years prior to you, um, you know, finally f- being able to discuss it openly and finding the help and support that you needed. Um, uh-huh. are you, was spirituality or religion something that you leaned on? Um, yes and no.
2: I I grew up going to church sometimes i certainly have always felt that there is um that god is here and around i remember when carlotta was murdered my mother told me that my father said he didn't even believe in god anymore because he had never done anything wrong and uh, god would not let something like this happen um and then when i moved to greenville and i know stereotypes come into existence for for reasons but it's very important to stop and think okay that doesn't apply to everybody i moved here and i've been here 30 something years i had never heard of fundamentalism i didn't i just people went to church and I I just didn't get that I found it incredibly suffocating Um, so that aspect of religion I really stay away from I think that God does have a plan and he does care. And one of my prayers has been, you know, God, please help me spin this straw into gold. Um, But I feel very strongly that I'm a member of the human family Mm -hmm. and that we are all in this together and we are all here to support each other. And I'm not going to know all the reasons that things happen,
1: but does that kind of answer? Yes, yes, it certainly does. I mean, I think that it's important to point out that number one, that just that you do pray, because sometimes, you know, at at our loneliest moments, if you don't have that, you f- you really do feel lost. Um, right. And, and it doesn't. And I, I, uh, excuse I think me. You can yeah.
2: really feel lost even when you're praying i mean some some there have been many times over the years where i've just said god help me right help me right just i don't know a specific way to ask but just help me
1: right right um we're going to take one last quick break and when we come back i would love to uh make it a little lighter and talk about the work that you're doing that you love i would love that thank you okay Hello? Hi Kelly, it's Sue. Are you and Joe going to the kids' game after school today? No, we are stuck in traffic again on
3: our way to the hospital for Joe's IVIG infusion. As usual, we will be at the hospital all day and won't be home in time. This is really becoming a problem with our work and family commitments.
1: Hey, my friend's son receives his infusions at home with Walgreens. You know, they are not just a retail pharmacy. Walgreens has a national home infusion program. He used to miss school, but now the Walgreens nurses see him at home after school. Wow! Infusions in the comfort of our own home? Yes. Walgreens expert infusion nurses and pharmacists are available 24-7 to provide safe, one-on-one clinical support around your schedule. Talk to your doctor and call Walgreens Infusion Services at 877-974-4844 or go to womentowatch.net for complete details. We
3: will, if we ever get out of this traffic, hearty-har-har. We can't wait to have these infusions at home with Walgreens. Thanks. Be well.
5: Are you looking for assistance with your IT demands? Would you like to know that the people you hire have your best interest at heart? InSource is one of the region's most distinguished and fastest-growing technology firms in the Philadelphia area. Their only concern is to deliver your business long-term success to avoid reacting to daily crisis. Recognized as a top employer of IT consultants, they thrive on helping their clients exceed expectations. InSource delivers reliable and effective solutions to the technology needs of both small and large businesses as well as nonprofits and does so with the goals of your business in mind. With over a decade of recognized success, InSource provides its clients with both IT staffing needs as well as putting highly qualified project teams together. InSource is also a partner of ServiceNow, the fastest growing software company in the country. Contact InSource today at 610-592-0800 or visit their website at insourcenow.com to find the quality help you need.
4: Have you ever wondered about the magic of Paris? Traveled there before? You haven't experienced Paris until you've traveled with us. I'm Chloe Johnson, the owner of CJ Tours. I became hooked on the mystique of all things Parisian after just one visit to the City of Light. CJ Tours, a travel, fashion, and product company, provides an experience unlike any other when it comes to exploring the hidden gems of Paris. We connect you with boutiques off the beaten path. We provide the opportunity to go behind the scenes with some of the most celebrated designers Paris has to offer. You can even purchase one-of-a-kind French pieces as mementos of your trip or ask us to source that special piece just for you. CJ Tours and our unique products are designed to provide that Parisian je ne sais quoi and allow you to experience Paris like never before. To learn more, contact me at chloejomston at cjshoppingtours.com or simply visit chloejomston.com for more information.
1: Welcome back, everyone, to Women to Watch. I'm um, uh, t- speaking with Sherrod Hartness today, and Sherrod is the founder and owner of Sherrod Hartness Interiors in South Carolina. and Sherrod has been very uh, brave in sharing uh, her story with us, and um, I- I'd love to hear uh, Sherrod about your work um, and and the design that you do. It's it's a part of you that I think was probably something that helped you get through some of the dark times. Your your love of creativity and design. So let's talk about when you, you decided to um, start this business and how you went about that. Okay. I um, had my first son
2: and needed to contribute to the household and the and income, and I, I wanted to work, but I didn't want to go and work somewhere full-time. You know, I wanted to have it all. (laughs) (laughs) And so I um, I printed up some beautiful little cards. And, um, you know, I I grew up in such a beautiful house around beautiful furnishings. And so I, I heard my whole life, you know, about different styles of things. And my mother did design work um, so I sent out cards <laughs> what <laughs> year what what year was that eighty eight maybe okay I, I don't remember things Yeah, I think it was nineteen eighty eight mm-hmm. and really just it started that way and um just sort of spread word of mouth and It was something that I was good at, um, though I will say there was sort of a time several years ago when I was going through the divorce and everything where I kind of felt like I lost, you know, my ability to to create and everything, but Mm -hmm. it's back. (laughs) It's um, back. Way anyway, so so that's kind of how I started and then all of a sudden I'm going oh my gosh I've been doing this more than 25 years yeah how well, that happened.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, one one of your clients said and I love this you know it was a testimonial to your work and how you work and Aww. and she said that her home after you were done um, felt like a sanctuary. And when Aww. I when I read that I thought I wonder if that um, is purposeful. From you in your work, and if it 's because of your story and what happened that that what you do is always trying to um, help you know uh, help your clients to 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 live in places that are peaceful and and calming I think that I think because my growing up,
2: my home was not welcoming it was a it was kind of the place where People love to go for a party, right. but you wouldn't want to live there. Right? Like, I love my friends. Always say, "Well, is it okay to sit on this bench?" Or <sighs> you know, I feel like it's a museum or whatever. Yes, yes. I can tell you, I do not believe in living that way. Right. right. I think it's wonderful to have beautiful things around you. Mm-hmm. But the number one most important thing, and nobody will. Ever change my opinion on this when you open the door to somebody's house is who lives there and for me I feel that when somebody says you know I want to redo my bedroom or I need help with this new house or whatever I'm being invited into somebody's sacred space Mm -hmm. it's a space where tears are shed it's a space where celebration dinners are held it's a place where you just plop down and put your feet up at the end of a tiring day Mm -hmm. and i have the ability to help people get it to the way they would like it to be if they could do what i do so yeah it's it it is very intentional. I feel like when you walk in your house, your shoulders should drop about two inches.
1: That's right. That's right. It's this. It's your safe place. That's exactly right. Yeah, I love that. So it's it's very.
2: Um, I I just I feel, I really I feel like it's you know very sort of a sacred thing when somebody says these are this is where we live. And you're
1: like, this
2: is
1: huge. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, you you look for clues, you say. You know, when you, you, when you sit down with oh, a yeah. client for that consultation and before the work mm-hmm. begins, and I love that you um, make it so very personal and not just kind of the same design for everyone. Um, when you, oh, you're okay. looking for those clues behind a client's um, likes and dislikes, what kind of questions do you ask them?
2: All kinds of, i, I want to know what they absolutely already own that they definitely want to have in their house in in the design, and I'm sure it's not just the the South but in the South, you know a lot of um family pieces are passed down, so a lot of people just have sentimental. Things that might have been a grandmother's or a great-grandmother's that they want to use. So I always try to um, find those things out. Mm-hmm. I love to ask people what colors they enjoy being in. What colors in nature soothe them? What colors are you complimented on when you wear them? Mm-hmm. And just, it, it, I do, I, I just, and I, and I also, I'm a very, um, kind of intuitive feeling person. So I can feel, if that makes sense, I kind of, I, I get a feeling of what makes the person feel relaxed and feel good. And, right. And, and happy.
1: Yeah, and you know it's interesting because sometimes people don't, you know, they they need to be asked to figure it out. In other words, you know, your surroundings really should be a representation of you, and and people often need someone like you to come in and and point things out and say, you know, yeah, yeah.
2: And a lot of times I'll just say, you know, if a piece of furniture like when I when I go to work, I'm not dressed up. Because I usually end up helping somebody move a piece of furniture if it's not very heavy. I'll say, could we take this little table and put it in this other room? And people say, I never thought about that. So <laughs> sometimes it's those little tweaks, but I usually go in some sort of like jeans and cowboy boots or something so so I can <laughs> do that. And um, And it's just it's just fun and but i do i i hope that in my work i get what the person what appeals to them mm-hmm. you know I say, please show me pictures things in magazines that appeal to you or the part of a photograph in a magazine you know pinterest has certainly been a, a great thing for um showing what appeals to people right, right So anyway it's it's kind of a puzzle right putting puzzle pieces together but it's fun
1: yeah sure do you work with clients only in South Carolina or do you work with clients outside of there I, I have worked only in South Carolina
2: I would love to work you know other places the North Carolina mountains are very close to where I live and um, you know, a lot of people have mountain houses and things. I, I really am at a point where you know, both of my sons are grown and gone, and I, I want to expand and do more things. So,
1: do you? Let me ask yeah. you this: if you if you were not designing, is is there anything else that you kind of contemplate doing? <sighs> wow, that's. A hard question. I ride
2: horses a whole lot more. <laughs> um, I a lot of people, in the last two years, I've had a lot of people tell me I need to write my story. <sighs> and um, I've actually tried to start doing that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mike can imagine it's... Um, I mean, the first afternoon I sat down and wrote, I just had to, like, put it down and go on a huge, long walk because it was so intense. Yes, yes. But, you
1: know, so I I don't know. So a book might be in your future.
2: Yeah, I mean, um, I'm trying to live more openly now and... um, Not be so afraid of new things because I have had a lot of fear in my life. Just I didn't not like scared to be by myself in my house, not that kind of fear, but almost like a fear that I didn't know was there because you're just you're so rattled and scared when something really scary like what happened in my family happened.
1: Yeah. You know, Sharon, Something um, we didn't speak to and I think is really important is um When right after this happened and there Mm -hmm. was such a closed off, you know, element to it, um, Mm -hmm. you said to me that, you know, there was an aspect of shame and this was an event that happened to your family and to you. It wasn't something that you did. And I wonder why, why do you think that is that there's that piece of shame, especially when things are kept secret?
2: yeah um you know that's something that I've talked with Marla about, and I also have a wonderful newer friend, Nancy Neal, who's a interfaith minister, and we've talked talked about it. I think there are a couple things I think one and i I didn't know about this, of course, but um there's something called survivor's Guilt, which you feel that you were the one that should have been killed or died in the wreck instead of your sibling or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, I certainly felt that way. Um, I, I couldn't verbalize it for a long time because I couldn't, I just, I don't know. I just yeah, couldn't you, verbalize it, but right, I did. I right. mean, almost immediately I thought, well, I should have been the one and not Carlotta. Right. Um and so and then just because of the reaction or the void of support i felt almost like i had done something wrong and when i was somewhere it made people uncomfortable
1: right you know, Sharon, the biggest, we only have a moment left, and I, I, I'm yes. sorry that, you know, we can't continue to talk, but the biggest lesson that you wanted to share, and I think you have, is that it's so important to be op- to be open and talk yes. about it and, and not, you know, keep all of those feelings to yourself. And I'm sure the listeners are taking that away um, from this interview. So I think yeah. you're very brave, and I, I thank you so much for sharing your story with us.
2: You sure thank
1: you for asking i appreciate it
2: <laughs> okay and I, do. I hope it will encourage somebody out there
1: and listen real uh, i want you to give your contact information um so that people can be in touch with you as well to um to have you uh, help them with their interior design work okay great is that SherrodHartnessInterior.com? Um, That's right,
2: and Sherrod is a little bit tricky. It's S-H-E-R-R-E-R-D, Sherrod, Hartness, H-A-R-T-N-E-S-S. So com. Okay. Best way.
1: Sherrod, thank you again.
2: Certainly. Thanks, Sue.
1: That's it, everyone, for this week of Women to Watch here on WWDB Talk 860. My name is Sue Rocco. And feel free to reach out to me at womentowatch.net. That's women, the number two, watch.net. Have a great week, everyone.